0: Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm
1: Red FM
2: Welcome once more to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Good Times Red FM Dan Casey with you for the next hour or so giving you a round of the day's sporting action Bit of Premier League now and Manchester City have taken the lead away at Bournemouth in the Premier League Alan Seabrook is at the Vitality
3: Stadium Well it's Bournemouth 0, City 1, nice move through the inside left channel, ball flicked over the top for Haaland, got his shot away as well, saved by Neto, but he can only palm it into the path of Phil Foden who rattled home from six yards, it's Bournemouth 0, City
2: 1. Elsewhere in the Premier League today, Palace beat Burnley 3-0, Aston Villa beat Nottingham Forest 4-2 and Brighton drew with Everton 1-0. And of course Fulham scored a 96th minute winner against Manchester United in the Premier League this afternoon. Darren Stanich had the full time report from Old Trafford. Manchester United won,
4: Fulham two. Fulham winning it in injury time at Old Trafford. It was a goalless first half. Both sides hit the post. Fulham certainly deserved the lead and they took it on 64 minutes. When Bassi had two stabs at an effort from a corner, the second of them flew into the net. United dominated the ball, couldn't find a way through, but on the 89th minute, Fernandez found McGuire at the back post to Stadholm, the equaliser. Nine minutes of time running on. McTominay and Fernandez both went close as you United chased the winner, but then came a Fulham break and Adama fed Alex Iwobi,
5: who slotted home. Manchester United 1, Fulham 2.
2: That's seriously going to dent United's top four hopes. Tottenham in front of them as well with a game in hand. Now to a bit of rugby. And a little while ago, I was delighted to be joined by Irish rugby legend, Mars Finn. We spoke about Ireland's 31 to 7 points victory against Wales. Ireland's Grand Slam hopes, his own tries against Wales in 1982. And if he misses his store, I'm sure most Carcònians will have fond memories of Finn's Corner. I thoroughly enjoyed this one and hope you do too. We are delighted to be joined on the Big Red Bench by Irish rugby legend Moss Finn, or some people might know him as the Finn of Finn's Corner. Ireland get out of, uh, out of the Aviva with a bonus point victory, but there seems to be an air of disappointment still around this one, Moss. Uh, do you agree?
6: I do. It's unbelievable, you know, given I like, followed rugby a long time and. I remember the great Welsh teams like the likes of Barry John and JPR Williams, all of them of use hammer us every, every time. And you no, know, we're actually giving out about beating Wales by 31 points to seven is an extraordinary turnaround in, in the overall scheme of things. You know, to to win and get a five point, get the bonus try, five points. I mean, it's incredible. And to say that we didn't play well is 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 true. We didn't play particularly well, and we were very inaccurate in in, in our execution of the chances we got. Both as P- peter Manny just pointed out there 5 points 31 points to 7 it's it's incredible that we can be sort of critical of our performance
2: having beaten wales by 31 points to 7 yeah, where do you think this this disappointment is really stemming from um,
6: it's very difficult sometimes when you're dominating a match and like the, the, wales were never going to win it like and it's it's very easy to get a little bit lethargic mentally perhaps and I think that's what happened, and Particularly at the start of the second half, Wales had been on the rack completely for the entire first half. And um, you know we should have scored more points, but um, we didn't. And then you can get a bit, of, you know, at international level, every team is going to get a period where they where they're going to play. And Wales had that period for the first twenty minutes of the second half. And you know they got the penalty try, and they perhaps could have got another try, so they could have pushed it a bit nearer. But we got over that, and then our bench, which was hugely impressive, came on and and, and put the whole thing to bed.
2: Yeah. Ireland, where do you think we are in uh, regards to the world stage at the moment? Are we the number one in the world? Are we a few places in behind?
6: I said we're very close to being number one in the world, really. And, you know, like when I was a child, there used to be playing Wales and Wales were the team, like they had the the marvellous teams of the 70s. And when we used to play Wales, they would put 30 points on us all the time, you know. I think those roles have reversed now, and we're putting 30 points on the likes of Scotland, them, possibly even England. And it's, I think we're up there as, as the best team in the world, and I think if we had possibly made a few changes there against uh, New Zealand in the, in the second half a bit earlier... We might, we might have won the World Cup, you know, and that, that's the greatest disappointment because our team, I think we're up there. We're either one or two in the world. There's absolutely no doubt about that. And we have class throughout the team. And then when you can be on the likes of uh, of, of Baird there, Keller, or Cohn, and Ryan into that pack, I mean, we have 30 players who can play at international level. We have strength and depth. Farrell has created that so. To answer your question, I would say we're definitely either a first or second in the world, and the great pity is that we didn't win the World Cup, but yeah, then we didn't, so we have just have to move
2: forward. It's well and fine being number one, I suppose, in Six Nations time, but is anyone ever really going to consider us number one, unless there's that Rugby World Cup victory? Possibly
6: not, you know, and I mean, we haven't even got past the, the quarter final, but that was because of the draw this time, but, like, Farrell is clever, and he's building. he's building a panel, and I think if his voice doesn't get too stale before the next World Cup, we'll, we'll be fine, you know. It was, it was just a pity, I think, that when push came to shove and we could possibly have won the World Cup, I think he probably should have sidelined Sexton and brought on young Crowley. And I think that was... Uh, I think Farrell battled that, I'll be honest with you, and if he hadn't, we would have won the World Cup, you know, but we certainly would have got to the final.
2: I suppose talking about that staleness, surely him now coaching the Lions, that'll help prevent it, because there's going to be, there'll be an intermediary coach in in the meantime.
6: Yeah, it'll give him a gap, you see, that's the thing, you know, when you were the likes of Declan Sullivan, Eddie, or Declan Kidney, Eddie Sullivan, you know, Joe Smith, they were all wonderful for the first three or four years of their tenure, but I at the end of it their voice your voice gets a bit still you know when you're repeating yourself a bit later and your input or your input isn't as strong like and it's you know so hopefully that gap might bring you know a little bit of a gap and then when Fowl comes back you know run into the next World Cup then he, he might be a little bit fresher and mightn't have been listening to him so much but but whatever like we are we're, it, it, you know he, he's a wonderful man I mean he's revolutionised Irish rugby and we've got into this new off-loading game which is very pretty on the eye like and it's great to watch um our execution was poor today and if I was to be critical I suppose which is and I I don't wish to be having you know having annihilated whales but we I thought our back line was poor given the amount of possession we got we made very few line breaks and you know I I would I would suggest that that's something to build on for the next day and that that's the beauty of today perhaps that you know, there was, we, we won thirty 7 but there was false in our play, so we won't get lethargic or apathetic about England next week. We'll build and say we have to do better, and that's perhaps a good
2: thing. Yeah, do you think the Grand Slam, though, is surely within our grasp, really, at this stage? England, obviously, will be looking for it too, don't get me wrong.
6: Oh, it's, it's definitely within in, within our grasp, and we will go to Twickenham them as firm favourites, because England are good, and they, they have... They're, they're not what they were. Like, you know, they got to the World Cup final there, the, the previous World Cup, and like they, they still have a lot of those players, you know, but um, we go to tricking them as firm favourites. But the one thing about England, they might not be the greatest team in the world, but they're big and they're very, very strong. I mean, if you look at it, they could have been in the World Cup final. They got within 30 seconds of getting there. Yeah. South Africa got a, what I would call a differential penalty that, that won the match for... South Africa. So when Indians aren't good, they mightn't be great in terms of a team and the way they score tries or don't score tries. They take more penalties, but they're still very, very physically strong and they're they're 1-8. to They're they're big units. And in an arm wrestle, they're difficult to beat. And, you know, depending on the weather, depending on the occasion, if we get into an arm wrestle with them, it could be very 50-50. So my point is... If we get as much, if we get possession against England, we'll have to be far more uh, clinical in our execution uh, 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 in attack because we won't get as many chances as we did against England as we did against Wales. And if we don't execute them, I think England might crawl their way back into it. But we will be firm favourites, and I would I would think, on the law of averages, we should we should beat them comprehensively. But England are
2: England, and it is Twickenham them at the same time. Yeah, and today's match against Wales, uh, Moss. Who's who stood yeah. out for you?
6: Um, Bundyaki, obviously. even though I thought he was a little bit selfish for his try. He could have given him the pass. It might have been easier. Bundyaki was man of the match, and he he's a top man now. Oh, and he he's you know he was one of the, he was recommended for World Player of the Year there after his performance in the World Cup I thought, he, I thought he was absolutely outstanding and he'll be very important next week he has England as well because in an arm wrestle he's a great go-to man in the middle of the pitch and he can hold the ball up you know he's a strong man he's good with the ball and he's good in possession and he's good at the breakdown as well he won some great play. he won two great breakdowns today which has stopped Wales in their tracks you know so I, I felt he was outstanding I thought Young Frawley at full back did quite well you know we've We've no replacement for Keenan, really, but for all, he can play 10, he can play 12, or he can play 13, he can play 15, and he got a try, I was glad for him today, because he's had a lot of injuries, and yeah. perhaps he might have been the automatic successor to Sexton if he hadn't been injured. So I was glad to see him come in today, play quite well at full-back, and showed a bit of flair and attack and a step and a little bit of maturity. So I, I was delighted with him, I thought he played exceptionally well. Um, other than as usual, fantastic, James Law, you know, good enough, but by and large we underperformed. No question or doubt about that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Do you think it's going to be hard for James Ryan to get back into that team?
6: They're unlucky there today. It's amazing. Like up to a couple of years ago, James Ryan was our go-to man. He was our Joe McCarthy of present. Yeah. Ryan was an enforcer, but he's had he's had a lot of concussions and he lost his game a little bit, which. I was surprised with because I feel if we had the James Ryan of old in the World Cup as an enforcer like he used to be, we would we would certainly we could we could have beaten New Zealand because he we had we had Henderson who has gone over the top and we had Tig Bone, who technically is a converted second row, he's more of a blindside. Yeah. And so I feel if James Ryan had been our main enforcer against New Zealand on the in the peak of his powers, we could possibly have done it. So He'll have to recover form. He looked a bit better today, even though he got a yellow card near the end, which was a bit unfortunate. But I'd like to see Ryan get back to his best because you need those fellas. Joe McCarthy was a little bit quieter today, no? He wasn't the enforcer up that we've had up to now, but Ryan will take a lot. It'll take a lot for Ryan to displace him because Tybone has to be on the team. Like he's a fantastic player, you know. Yeah. So I'd love to see Ryan coming back because you need them all, and you definitely need fellas who are six foot eight and one hundred and ten kgs.
2: <laughs> They're hard to come by. Yeah. Be sure um, of it. We, we are on Red FM, of course. How's uh, our very own Jack uh Jack, doing? Jack Crony? Yeah.
6: Fantastic. He's done very well. He was quieter today than normal, like, but his kicking was 100%. His place kicking, which people have been giving out about, was 100%. Um I think today, I was giving out there about our backline not making enough line breaks, given the level of position they had, but... I think Gibson Park had one of his weaker games, hmm. and if your if your scrum half isn't playing as well as normal, then it's very hard for the team to 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 be very very good. I thought Crowley was competent, did extremely well, but I think if the service was a little bit more fluid from inside him, we might have seen our backline function better. But he's a great talent, and he's and he's tough, you know, which I think is a, is a great attribute. Like O'Gara was tough as well. Sexton was tough. They're they're. When you play at 10, you have to tackle. You have to do a lot of things other than just pass the ball and kick. And I think Crowley does all those things exceptionally well. He was quieter today than normal, but by and large, I, 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 I think he's a fantastic talent. And we really see his talent when he has 10 or 12 caps under his belt and he's getting used to the pace of the game at that level. But it's a different level. It's faster. Yeah. And I think Crowley will have a, a long tenure and... I look forward to seeing him maturing and, just as, and and fulfilling his true potential.
2: Yeah, do you think it will be O'Gara era, Sexton era? Do you think it will be the Crowley era now?
6: I think there's a good chance of that. I'd have to see him for 10 or 12 games at this level. And up to now, I think he's he's doing extremely well. And it's cert- if, he, he, if he can stay free of injury, I think he has a great chance of putting together 50 or 60 caps there and being the, the go-to number 10 for the foreseeable future.
2: Yeah, Massa, I was just uh, on YouTube there. You scored um, two tries against Wales. It was in 1982. Do you uh, have much of a recollection of uh, of that day?
6: I do, I do. That was a good day. In fact, I got concussed in that match and then I didn't remember the tries until oh, I saw no. them on television the next day. But uh, that, that was a wonderful day. It, it was a wonderful day because Wales were very strong that time and you know we had emerged from the 70s where we weren't great. Wales had kind of had dominated you know, British and Irish rugby for the previous ten years, and like Wales were a huge team coming to Dublin that time, and like to beat Wales any time then was just such a huge thing, you know. And um, and we beat them. We look, like, it was fifty-fifty in the match, but we got a couple of breaks, and and we got over the line, you know. But it was it was a wonderful occasion because we we didn't beat Wales often then, you know.
2: Yeah, and, yeah, you
6: know, yeah, Dublin yeah. is great and the crowds were great and, and the, you know, the Welsh crowd were singing and, and, and all that, you know, but it was a great occasion and perversely I was very lucky actually to be actually playing that day because the previous Saturday it was meant to be played and I had a pulled hamstring I couldn't play and it was cancelled because of frost, would you believe, okay. or snow wow. and the following week then you score two tries and we beat them like so. You need a bit of luck in this world and I certainly had it then and it was wonderful, a great memory.
2: You still look back in uh, the Grand Slam that year, not to not to go too negative now that uh, what could have been against yeah. it, France? It could have
6: been, yeah, but we had a couple of injuries that time. and But the, the perception that time, which was quite extraordinary, we hadn't won a Triple Crown since 1949, 33 years prior. And like... The, the Triple Crown, to do that after 33 years, the Triple Crown was then the Holy Grail, if you get my point. Mm-hmm. There was no mention of a Grand Slam, sort of. Like, the Grand Slam wasn't then what it had, what, what it is now. To, to win the Triple Crown, we were absolutely delighted. Like the, Then the Grand Slam was, was kind of... The fact that we didn't win it, it wasn't the whole big deal because we pulled won the Triple Crown for the first time in 33 years, if you get my point. But I think what happened to us was we won the Triple Crown and... It is a month until the French match. I think if the French match had been the week after, or maybe a fortnight after, we may still have been in the zone, if you know what I mean, and yeah, wanting cool. to achieve more. Whereas there was a there was a lot of satisfaction given the fact that we won a triple crown, and perhaps we weren't as motivated as we should have been to win a Grand Slam.
5: We'll go
2: back to a bit of positivity now again. What was your uh, what's the highlight from your career? Probably your most asked question, I'm sure, one of them anyway. Myself,
6: no, I'm surprised you're asking me these things. No, I, 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 geez, I can't hardly remember off the top of my head. No, I wouldn't expect it to be asked those things, but I suppose that day, I you know, scoring a couple of tries against Wales with all of us that would have to be up there, you know? Yeah. And we beat France then a couple of year, years later in, in, in Land's own road, and I just remember um, I was lucky enough to get the winning try, and... I remember Fergus Sattery we running back and he said, that was the loudest roar I've ever heard in Lansdowne Road. And was, we hadn't beaten France for the previous 10 or 15 years, but we beat them. And I just remember that roar and were remarking on that roar. Yeah. And like Sattery had played, was a veteran of a lot of caps and he's heard a lot of roars. But he says the try you scored was the biggest roar I heard in Lansdowne Road. You're being trying to listen. And I said, that was probably the greatest moment, yes
2: was your claim to fame, is of course, Finn's Corner uh, an institution here in Cork for uh, many a year. Do you miss it at all?
6: I do, I do. I miss it big time. Yeah, I do, I do. But you know, time—you know—the the era was over, as the fellow says, and you have to move on. And I'm not getting any younger, so I do miss it. You miss meeting the people. You miss it now on weekends like this. You know, where who are going to matches and going they come in and they buy their—you know—they buy their jersey or their polo shirt or t-shirt or hoodie and they're heading off up to the train to go to the match and you, they'd be asking you your opinion. They'd be even, you'd be listening to their opinions and yeah, I, I'd miss that. You'd miss the hype without a question or a doubt, you know, they, because I'm not inclined to travel as much to Dublin as I used to when you got a bit older. You're not inclined to, you yeah. know, but you would miss the hype. No no question, you would, yeah. You'd miss the crack. Yeah. This, and meeting uh, people. I mean, the world is about people and I do I do miss meeting them, certainly.
2: This isn't something of research now, but are you involved in uh, coaching at all?
6: No, no. I'm involved in UCC, and I'm, I'm the committee there in UCC. And I, I'm a kind of a, an inter there for Michael Bradley, who's the coach. And I like going to the to the club matches. Yeah, I like that. I, I like that. I like watching. I any weekend I'll always watch either UCC, Highfield, Constitution. I'll always go to a match. I prefer the club matches. I don't go a lot to the Munster games or the Irish games. I like watching young coming through and all that, and we're going to the press matches. I remember watching Jack Crowley there a couple of years ago playing for Band and Grammar. Like, I mean, when you see these guys when they're young and then you see them coming through, that's the sort of thing I'm interested in. Yeah.
2: Um, is there anyone we so, should be looking and, out for at the minute?
6: Uh, I think this young fella Dogma is good, you know. I remember he, he played there for UCC against Highfield in the league this year for college, for yeah. UCC. And Highfield uh, were in the ascendancy against us and, you know, they were really settled and they were going to beat us, I felt. And, there was a line-out on the 10-yard mark on the far side of the pitch from the popular side, if you know what I mean, over by the yeah. the other side of the stand. We were all on the stand watching him. A Dogba, the lad with Shauna, who played the other day, the other night, he, for the 20s, he caught the ball at the back of the, of the high-field line-out. Don't ask me how he did it because it was a high-field throw. And he caught it on the 10-yard mark. And whatever way he turned, he got past the first tackle. And he ran 35 yards, and four highfield fellas bounced off him. <laughs> and he touched down under, under the posts, and there was four highfield fellas sitting on their backsides. I just said to myself, this guy this guy has something and I think you could see it even the week before there, he scored the week winner, if you remember. That was
4: incredible, yeah.
6: And like he's a powerful unit, like, and that's the way the game is going. You have to have the ability, but you also have to have the power, as you can see. In, in, in Joe McCarthy, I mean, he's a huge man. Joe McCarthy was the biggest man that Ireland had at the World Cup. And, uh, like, you have to have these fellas and, unfortunately, the way rugby has gone, if you look back, you know, it, it's South Africa they won the World Cup and, like, they won the World Cup because they have two unbelievable enforcers always in the second row, like Itzibet.
5: Yeah.
6: They used to have Bakayas Bata, historically. And, um, and Joe McCarthy, I think the biggest compliment you could play him pay him is that he's he's nearly at their level and that by the time we get to the World Cup, he'll be the Bakaious battle or the it's and it's a bit of this one, and that level of grunt and power will serve us well for all the fellas like Crowley and everybody else to function.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You well know? Moss, thanks so much for joining us on the big red bench here. was absolutely lovely talking to you. Very good, Dan we'll we and we talk again we sure will thanks so much come on Dan I'll see you bye to the aforementioned under 20s now and Efo Callaghan caught up with head coach Richie Murphy after his side's 43 to 8 point win in Virgin Media Park here in Cork last night
4: yeah sure this was Richie What's your finish biscuit that game for us um we're pretty happy pretty happy with the results obviously scoring 43 points on a night like that is, is quite difficult but, um at times, I thought we probably overplayed and put ourselves into a little bit of tr- uh, trouble. But but on the back side of that as well, we, we were quite accurate about how we done that. Um, so I suppose we're really happy. But there's still more in the team. So uh, we still have to try and build and, and get better for, for England. I think we can probably... Some of our defensive uh, tackle area stuff was really good and it's something that we've been going after for a while. Um, I think we can try and get a little bit more line speed, try and put them under a little bit more pressure. And I suppose after the little bit of a scare you had against Italy last week, what kind of main changes did you make, make as a whole? going Not, None really, because um, Italy are a very good team, they're beating France there at the moment. Um, and uh, we were coming back off a, a, a tight turnaround, a high, emotion, a high a high emotional game. Over in France, so uh, we went back to doing what we, were, we we've talked about doing since since the first day, which is making sure that we're very uh, accurate around our carry stuff, our clean out, and then uh, playing the, playing the ball to space, which is which is our philosophy.
3: And you gave Sean O'Dohle his uh, first start today. I saw a few words on him.
4: Yeah, no, Sean was great. Uh, worked really hard. Um, He's, um, he's a very exciting player, isn't he? He's so big and strong, and, uh, and he's got all that speed. So uh, we're, we're blessed with back rows. like um, Obviously, Brian Cleason out, um, uh, Luke has done well. Uh, Bryn Ward has, has, has had a big impact in the game, and there's probably six other back rowers or seven other back rowers at this level that could actually come out and play. So it's a very uh, highly competitive area, and uh, we're lucky to have them a uh, try for young Walker and two for Danny Sheen It was a good day for the hookers as well. Yeah, well unfortunately on days like that, you know, you kinda of have to go back towards the corner and you know, once we were got once we got them down the corner somewhere drill was very good. Um yeah, we missed a few but um once we got set in that second half there was no there was no way they were gonna stop us and I suppose that's the the little bit of a rootless edge that we're looking for from them is that to give away apparently well we go to the corner and we'll we'll, we'll go after you there. So uh, they're done very well.
5: Sure.
4: And a word on your own week. Um on and off the field it was a busy one. How did the I suppose the Ulster I that was call going going <laughs> Um Yeah, just a just a phone call early in the week. Um and uh, I was asked what I would be interested in. It. Of course, I would be. Um, it's a very exciting uh, opportunity um, to work with, with any of the provinces in Ireland. is, is special, uh, also. Um, from travelling up there on uh, Friday nights uh, when I was involved with the national, se- the senior, the senior team, it's always been a very special place to to watch rugby and atmosphere is really good. So I'm looking forward to once we get through this uh, this period, um, going up and joining. them. Mm, for sure, and um, yeah, have you had any chance, or will you be kind of juggling a small bit between the two, or? in the interim or? Um, there, I, I will be there next week for, for, for a couple of days but then I'll come back to the 20s um, for Wednesday Thursday where we train against the seniors um, and then I will park it until until I uh, finish with the 20s so I think we finish here on the Friday Uh, I'll join them then on the Monday Tuesday prep in in Belfast before flying to South Africa for uh, two weeks Hmm, for sure my wife loves me no pressure (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh, it's a a really interesting uh, role and job and you know um, obviously things at the moment aren't going very well up there but but, um, you know, we'll hopefully, uh, hopefully have an, an impact on that. Mm, for sure.
6: Was it mentioned, the possibility of, I suppose, keeping on the job beyond the end of the year? Did that come
4: up? The, the there's um, there's conversations going on, you know what I mean. So um, you know there's conversations going on. We'll uh, you know from both sides we've said that we'll see how things go, see how things progress. Um, obviously, I'm contracted with the twenties for another uh, eighteen months, but with it been an IRFU contract and and also been an IRFU contract, you know things could change there, you know what I mean. But uh, at the moment I'm going up for a period till the end of the season and. Um, and we'll see what develops from there hmm. plenty of positive feedback from the Ulster lads here in the news <laughs> it was uh, yeah it was interesting um, you know we, we we broke into them on the on the Wednesday uh, when, when it was coming out and uh, yeah there was a few uh, few <laughs> funny looks really um, you know so I'm going to have to work on my wee accent <laughs> you know yeah, uh, but yeah, no. Good. The lads are great because they, they they got that news um, and then switch back on, and we that was the challenge. Right, so something happens. Nothing is nothing is changing between now and the end of the Six Nations. Mm. So we we park that and we move on. And I thought they'd done that really well. Preparation during the week. That this team is definitely building and and going in the right direction. Um, so uh, we, we we still probably feel that there's another gear in them. So hopefully we will get that ready for England. Yeah, you, you probably need that. For England, will you know, I presume they won tonight? Did they? Uh, England player, were winning. Yeah, a big lead. Yeah, it tightened up a little bit. I did think it was 13 win. points at one stage. Um, 13, 17. Yes. Yeah, yeah, was that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, look, uh, England are a good team. Uh, like I think the standard of the Six Nations has got stronger over the last couple of years. You know, Wales tonight were a lot better than they have been in, in, in probably previous years. Uh, Italy, you can see how tough they are. They're beating France there at the moment. Uh, I suppose France. Um, we're really strong against us, and they've lost players since. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Um, our focus is just on the next game. So we go to England with a great opportunity uh, of taking, you know, we get a win there. We set up a, a special day back here. Thanks. So sure. we, do, do you, you haven't have Brian Gleeson back at all? Uh, this we're hoping, yeah, we're hoping Brian Gleeson will be fit uh, for for uh, England. So yeah. he's uh, progressing well, um, and uh, yeah, we're, we're we're hoping to see him pretty soon. Okay. All right. Perfect, Perfect. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.
2: Cheers. Well- Great half of rugby chat here on the Big Red Bench. Dan Casey on Cork's Good Times Red FM. After the break, we'll be having a Cork GAA preview. ahead of tomorrow's do-or-die games, we chat to Cork City's Charlie Lyons after their one-all draw against Finn Harps in Bally Buffet last night. Basketballer Jordan Blunt joins us to chat about Ireland's game against Switzerland tomorrow. And John McCarthy speaks to Cork's senior camogie boss, Ger Manley, after their win over the day We'll be back after these.
0: The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench.
2: You're very welcome back, Dan Casey, with you for the next half an hour or so. A text in to say best wishes to Saint Oliver Plunkett's tomorrow. In the Junior Monster Football Championship. They're taking on Shannon Rovers of Tipperary in Ballyagrant County, Limerick, tomorrow at 2. Your sport would be much appreciated for the match if you can get there. Now, sticking with the G.A., John O'Shea joined me earlier to chat all things Cork ahead of the Hurlers' Clash versus Waterford in Super Valley Parky Cueves tomorrow, as well as a huge, huge game for the footballers in Edenderry for Manor. Had to trim this one down uh, due to a bit of time pressure here, but we
7: join the conversation as John speaks about Pat Ryan's comments after the Little Kenny game. In, in a comment afterwards in the press conference, so the county board might like me saying this, but I'm probably working like you know, not, not that much concerned about the league. That the main focus is getting ready for the first round of the Munster Championship, which is unbelievable. it's coming up in around less than two months time actually. But um, you know, yeah, I think I think definitely, you know, in terms of their mind, the league, obviously with the consequence of, you know, with the top having to finish in the top three in Division One A, um, obviously fourth, possibly get to a playoff as well. So in terms, of if they want to be in like the top tier of the league next year, a win probably is pretty essential. One to um tomorrow against Waterford. But I think not even, not even with with, with the the character of the league, but also with the with the championship going down the line, it's like unbelievable. Like it, I think it's like less than eight weeks. time now till they, till they kind of look, will be lining out in the first round against them. Water, actually down in down in Walsh Park. Yeah. So like you want to be, you want to be kind of building a bit of momentum. Like you know Ideally, as much as possible. Because like even like for example, like if we were to even like lose, like. And avoid even getting into the knockout stage, or even even, to, even like in the, towards the bottom of the league, like the bottom two. Like you're you're in a situation maybe like where you, 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 you're, you're going to build that momentum before before the championship. So I think like tomorrow really is going to be a it's 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 a big opportunity for Cork to try to to get to get up and running and to try to get that, that much you need the momentum. Even like if you're looking through Pat Lines, lens with the with the Monster Championship in mind as well.
2: Yeah, he's went with a strong team as well, John. You
7: uh, you happy with us? Oh yeah, I think you know it's, it's definitely it. Uh, you know it's as strong as it, it probably can be. Um, you could you, you could argue really. You know, the fact that having a clearer run of things as well? you know having to have the week with the week off last weekend and then with the Fitzgibbon and the college competitions done as well. No, it's kind of it's giving a, a, a clearer run and you know maybe more of a. You know, on top of obviously getting the result tomorrow as well. You want to be kind of seeing. Joe, you know, in terms of styles of play and match you know, matchups and stuff as well. Like how, 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 how things are going to kind of connect together from a court perspective tomorrow. Like do you know, I think it'd be intriguing? Obviously, going back like you started with with the goal with the goalkeeper situation. It right? um, Brian Saunderson, um, the mm-hmm. Middleton man. You know, it's a big, it'll be a big a big day for him now and a, a big opportunity for him to show his work. So you know, obviously with with, with Middleton um, and obviously with, with the Cork twenties as well. Over the last couple of years, like he's He's shown what he can do in, 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 those, in those teams. So, like, he'll be, he'd be hoping now to step up to the place and, um, in down the path now tomorrow afternoon. And, I, like, obviously, the, of Matt Coleman, yeah, like, even in the Kilkenny game, you could see when he came on in the second half, he made a big oh, yeah. difference Home impact coming into the fray. So, we like, having him from the start now will be good. I, I think Seamus Hardy is down for his first start of the year now, um, and Damien Cahillan tomorrow as well. So, you're getting a couple more uh, than, like, well, like the, the season campaigners that had to have been there on the block. And then obviously you're still trying to blood in the younger lads as well. So like, you'll be hoping uh, uh, from a Cork perspective, and Pat Ryan certainly will be hoping as well that it can you can all come together and they they, they can get they get get a win tomorrow afternoon.
2: Yeah, Tommy O'Connell coming in from the halfbacks into midfield the last two games now seems to be something that uh, Pat Ryan has an eye on as well.
7: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know exactly. You know it's probably and you know it's it's probably like you know especially how cut short the Munster Championship is now as well. Like these are it's, it's the only time of the year really when you if you, if you want to be kind of tweaked, tweaking trying to get fellas into certain positions are they are they better here are they better there and like and 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 off on top of the results factors as well but then like you know you you're trying to come, you're trying to put all into one so like it's you know, you're trying to just come, combine and see how, how it works out so like you know it'd be looking for a big performance tomorrow and I think on, on top of, I think I suppose it applies to the whole team collectively really so you know, you're kind of just looking for a, maybe a consistent performance over 70 minutes ideally do you know uh, yeah so I think in, in the games up to now like even the Kilkenny game last week or last time out that the first half do you know it was probably it was it was not what, what they would have been looking for and they were maybe off the pace of it but the second half then you could see they were putting a bit more together like and like in, in the Clare game as well, there wasn't there wasn't the whole, like there was there was probably spells when they were a bit below and then below power and they 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 kind of they had stronger kind of purple patches. So like the key thing I think really and I think what they'd be hoping for tomorrow as well to have those purple patches over a consistent period and you know like I, I think definitely the potential the potential is there like just take if they can perform for 65, 70 minutes tomorrow, so I think they're, 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 it's a good opportunity for them to get a win on the board.
2: Yeah, where do you think it went wrong against Kilkenny, John?
7: I think, uh, looking back, really, I'd, I'd say the, 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 the entire first half, really, and probably, if I kind of put it down to, pinpoint it out, the one thing, it, it just kind of looked, you could see Kilkenny looked a lot sharper in, in the opening, like 35 minutes um, the last time out, and it was like, Maybe like he was a kid, like they, 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 they were the way they were going. They they came out at such a pace as well at this stage of the year. Like were they, they were they going to keep that up for over 70 minutes because they were going at such a ferocious pace. But I think this cock was just like there were things like there were there was passes they were kind of going over. They were going out to play for long balls and be over hits And it was just like it looked. It, it just kind of looked a bit off the pace a bit. But then then you can see the second that they in the second half they kind of rolled up a bit of momentum and they started to kind of to click into gear a little bit then and like it, it was just like obviously it was just the lack of consistency probably was the main thing that cost them like like, like in the end really but you know it, it's, a, it's it's an intriguing thing obviously with the league as well you know people are saying you know in terms of having a good league or a bad league you know it's it's kind of much of a a much like a much just if you over the last couple of years because like, like even ironically go back to 2022 Limerick they in their five games in, in the league that year, they only won one out of five. And then look, also we didn't to blow it over the water. I mean, the All Ireland. No, I'm, I'm not saying, Corp, like, um, they'd blow it over the water like would be fantastic if they did, like. But, Joe, you know, it, it's it. Joe, you know, the league, you can maybe read too much into league form. If it's bad, like, oh, you know, ultimately, it's kind of about being ready to go come the the first week of the championship. And they like, do. I think Pat, Pat Ryan you know, he, he's kind of he's kind of nailed it out there from, from pretty from pretty early on in the years. Well, that's kind of that's that's his objective and priorities is to get them ready, and be ready to go. Come the first round of the championship.
2: Yeah, can you give a score prediction for this one?
7: I'm hope like I think if Cork can start well, like and, and I'm like, hopeful they can maybe win maybe like five points. But the, I, the key thing is is the consistency. And I think as well that the fact that they they need need to get the win as well. as john you know, in terms of just focus and the league as all as player and, and also the momentum for the championship. As I said, but like. I think if Joe Denise if, if you can get a win tomorrow, I think they're playing away to Wex Oshley and then away to Wexford. And like Wexford will be tough as well, but um, there's no reason really, like Debbie Tarn Finishing even in third place could be a, still a, 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 a very much pros- a, a real realistic pro- prospect if they have to even get the win tomorrow. But I think at minimum a win tomorrow is imperative if they want to get into that like a Division One playoff, which at the moment would be against the four place team in Division One B, which is um, which is Dublin. So like but I t- it's imperative. I think really, for a number of reasons just to get the win and get off the bar, get off the Maxwell Cork, and like, I, I I think I think they will if they're out from the start, and they, I think they'll win by about five points.
2: Uh, another group who certainly certainly need a win is the Cork Footballers they take on for Manon tomorrow in Eden Derry at 2 John this is a worrying time for Cork Football really isn't
7: it it is, it is. and you know, you're, you know if you're looking at the two games over the weekend being kind of must wins in terms of, of the league competitions like in terms of, definitely from a Cork perspective in the football like there's definitely the consequences of um, losing tomorrow probably are, are much graver, and definitely um, there's a lot more consequences of even fin- fin- finishing after finishing seventh where they are at the moment at the table. Like they, they learn but like you know, ultimately because not only like not only like, if you were to get relegated down to division three, like you, you were, the, the the only way you're going to avoid playing in the Charlton Cup. Is obviously, obviously they're playing Limerick in, in the the final, Maybe that's probably a game they, they could win. Like um, realistically, they, it's a that's a fairly winnable one. But then then you have to go down and just do what they haven't done since 1995 and beat Kerry down in, in Clonmany. Yeah. So like really, they, it's it's a it is a, it's a massive game for Cork tomorrow. And like, and I know. I know. I was going to maybe referring, with the, but the hurdlers maybe. You know, are you trying to balance things in terms of results and, but you know, maybe performances. Are you are you trying to get things together? Well I think for Cork really tomorrow with the football, it's 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 kind of plain and simple. I think really if it was a. A one point win, four points to three, like uh, maybe the ugliest game of football you'll ever see, but like the, the, the result it really it, it, it is massive for Cork to get the get the result tomorrow just because of the the implications of um getting relegated down to division three, which um uh, at the season for Manor tomorrow really um the 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 the, the alarm bells we ring and that's a very realistic prospect um going down to division three and getting into the Champion Cup.
2: Yeah, it feels like the telton Cup is uh, calling for us at the moment. Do you think Cleary's job was under threat if we uh, do end up down there? Like,
7: it's probably, you know, it's you know, they definitely, they definitely probably will be um, question Max. So probably John you know, of the progress, you know, in the I think it was a, a five-year plan actually. I think it was you know that, that was five years ago that they'd be kind of changing for for all our titles and. But I suppose really, the, 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 if, the, if that All Ireland was the was the was the Chanting Cup, I don't think that's the one that they would have, um, would have necessarily planned for. But, like, um, but the, I think there's definitely, you know, in terms of the, with, with, with the football, like, there's still the good core that group of players there who who got to a quarter final um, of the of the All Ireland last year, and, and they, they only lost by four points to Derry, and like so Derry seems to be blowing everyone out the out the, world, the momentum they're generating this year. Um and, and like, they're probably definitely one of the top three favourites for the if if for the list of top three Derry really would be in that for the for the Sam Maguire but like there, there's definitely you know, there's definitely kind of a, a core of players there like Joy it's just getting the just the consistency again is the is the thing with the with the football like if you're looking at the game so far like Donegal and Donegal you, you you maybe could just take a pass at that because um just like with the Jimmy Guinness sector and like look like, Joy they really. Only gone a really a riding kind of momentum. They won three 0 three in the league, but the, the the real ones that have been blows were the the low game and also last time out against Kevin and Parky Crewe as well. So I, I think do so, so, so with the imperative Do so it's it's a game that cock um so on paper it's a game. It, it, there's there's no reason why they should be winning in Fermanagh. but do so I think people might have been saying the same going to the Kevin game? You know.
2: Yes. I asked for a prediction uh, for the Watford game. I better follow it up for this one. What do you think? I uh, think score's going to be. I I,
7: you know, I think it's, it'll, be, it'll be a tight. You know, it could be. It, I, I, it might be pretty, but I, I think I kind of think Cork might just about get over the line this one. You know, do um, you know, just with the imperative and do yeah. it even more of an incentive to win if anything than the than the hurlers. You know, like the the consequences of of a defeat, like it. And like Joe you know, Chris O'Gowan, like the farm like Joe you know, Brian Hurley as well. There's a there's definitely potential to do It's just like, if they can just do it more for a more consistent performance tomorrow, I think they'll get over, they can get over the line. I think they will. Um, uh, 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 John, maybe it's time tomorrow evening, I could be in my words a bit, but like, I think uh, I think Hart might just about get over the line now.
2: John, thanks a million for joining us and you will be in Super Value Park at Cueve to us our, to, for us tomorrow on the Big Red bench.
7: Uh, absolutely, yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, thanks, Dan. Perfect stuff. We'll talk
2: to you then. Bye now. Be sure to give your support to the hurdlers in the park tomorrow or even the footballers in Fermanagh if you're feeling up for it. It's football of another kind now and I caught up with Cork City's Charlie Lions after their one-all draw against Finn Harps in the SSE Airtricity League First Division last night. They're on the big red bench by Cork City's Charlie Lions after their draw against Finn Harps in Bally Buffet last night. Charlie, you're sounding a bit uh, tired at the moment. How are you feeling? I am, uh, it was a long
0: two days now to be fair and as I said to you there, I was home in bed at half five in the Shannon yesterday morning so uh, yeah, tired but look, um, it would have been a worse journey on the way down if uh, we didn't come back and get a point so some bit pleasing
2: Yeah, you're hardly uh, going back training today you? or is that at uh, tomorrow? No, no, off, we're off today, thank God Very good, very good and the draw, should the fans be relatively happy with that one?
0: Um, look I suppose we kinda we gifted them a goal, you know, made a mistake, um and they kinda sat off then in the low block for most for the rest of the game really. Um suppose it was kind of our first test um as a new group at half time we were down one 0 and Tim was looking for a response and I suppose we dug ourselves back into the game and at one one I thought we probably had a few chances um that we could have nicked it at the end but look the pitch was dug up and they kinda sat off like so we it was tough to create stuff. We probably couldn't move the ball as quick as we liked. So, um, yeah, look, as I said, it's better to come away with a pint than nothing. So.
2: Yeah, what was that a half-time talk like? Um, look, I suppose it wasn't.
0: Like, I thought, other than the, we gifted him the goal, really, you know, and uh, other than that, I don't think Brad had a save to make other than the free kick in the second half. So, it wasn't all doom and gloom. We just knew that we had to get on the ball and try to create stuff. And, uh Jack stood up well, I suppose, and put away the pen. So, um, but after that, I thought we had a few chances. And look, we were probably unlucky not to get a winner. But as I said, we would take the point. No, it could be we could look back no, in a few weeks and it could be a big point. And um, so, yeah.
2: What was it like uh, coming up against uh, success? Well, you know, he's he uh, uh, the the Finn Harp striker for people who don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Look, he's a big lad and he's very physical and he's direct once he gets it. Um, but I think, look, they kind of sat off um, in the low block and they weren't really we most possession, I suppose. But, um, look, it was tough, the pitch, d- to be fair. There was talks that waiting might go- have gone ahead with all the rain that came, but um, the pitch dug up fairly quick. So um, it was kind of tough. Like, we didn't probably create as much as we wanted, but um, I suppose Jack just stood up and took, took the spotter
2: where we needed him. So it took a bit of pressure off us. Yeah, do you think the pitch probably suited their style of play a lot more than Cork City's?
0: Um, yeah probably did alright to be fair um, we knew what we were going to be up look they're physical and they kind of play off set pieces and long throws and I thought we defended them well to be fair so um, we were set up well it's just look obviously we gifted them the goal in the first half and if uh, we didn't so I think it could have been a different game Like, but look we were happy enough to get the point come away it looks it's a tough place to go and they're definitely going to take points off teams up there all year yeah yeah. do you think it was a penalty? <laughs> yeah, probably was right. If it was given against me, all right, it would have been <laughs> effing and blinding. But yeah, probably was right. He nearly picked the ball up in the ground, today, sir.
2: What can you say about the uh, Cork City fans? Seem to make it a fairly decent atmosphere for you In fairness to them. There's a good, uh, good crowd yeah,
0: there. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Down no, fair, there was nearly close to hundred of them up there. I'd say, um, and they were loud throughout. In fairness to them. So look, that's some dedication. You know what I mean? It's nearly a six-hour drive up, like. So look, as as I said last week. Five and a half thousand at first division in Turner's Cross and you've hundred plus going up to five and a half halves away, like it just shows the the size of the club and the fan base, like so it's incredible. Yeah.
2: Were you expecting that one, Charlie? Uh the five and a half thousand in turners cross the opening day.
0: <laughs> I probably wasn't no to be honest And Um but look, it was it was unbelievable to play against, as I said. I was on the other side of it a few a few years ago and stuff. Um but it was just mental to be um, walking out with the shed behind, you know, and and 5,500 was mad, and hopefully long may continue for the rest of the season.
2: Yeah, Tim's made a lot of our youngsters and fairs. They seem to be really (laughs) impressive. What can you tell us about uh, Jaden Numa and Carlos Sullivan?
0: Yeah, look, they're good lads. They're hard-working, and uh, they train hard all week, you know, and they deserve to play, you know, otherwise they wouldn't be playing. So, um, obviously, the two of them came on last night and kind of Give us that bit of fresh air again. They were very direct once they got it and called it probably two or three chances there. He created it by himself, you know. So, um, but yeah, two of them, they're working lads and they're looking to improve. And I suppose Tim's given them that platform to do it. Yeah, you um looking forward to UCD uh, next week. Yeah, exactly. Look, you just got to put that behind us now again and from last night and just go again next week. And hopefully, as I said, another big crowd in Turners Cross and hopefully a win again.
2: How's uh, life in Cork City been for you so far in general, Charlie?
0: Uh, yeah, look, it's been very good now, to be fair. Um, I was delighted to get back into full time and uh, the lads have been very welcoming since I've been in. Just a good group there, to be fair. Make sure, I suppose, of all fellas and young fellas, which is good. Um, but yeah, I've settled in very well and
2: enjoying it now. Yeah, Jack Doherty coming up with all the goals at the minute. Can we expect to see uh, Charlie Lyons goal at least once this season? Ah yeah, look, they'll come down early, <laughs> Jack,
0: and uh, they'll come yeah. But uh, with Jack and Sean, Morley putting in deliveries, uh, I think I think we'll be seeing a few goals from set pieces, right? Yeah, do you
2: have any indication when Greg Bulger's going to be
0: back? Um, to be fair, I not the felt to be asking that. Like to be fair, but um, I know he's touch and go. I think he's the next week or two. I think is, um, is his is his return date. So hopefully we can get him back in. Um, it'd be a massive plus for us so hopefully we can see him in the next week or so
2: yeah were your family there for the opening day in uh, Turners Cross actually
0: they were yeah I we had a good few there now, to be fair you know so it was uh, very good to get him up there and uh, look as I said they were, they were half amazed with it as well you know so um, hopefully now we get a few more good days in Turners Cross throughout the year hopefully hopefully and
2: uh, <laughs> hopefully be all praised from the shade anyway all season Charlie thanks so much for joining us here Perfect, no hassle. Thanks Have a lot, really, man. Uh, earlier today, I was delighted to be joined by Jordan Blunt of Energy-wise, Ireland Neptune. Jordan is vice-captain for Ireland and scored 27 points in their unfortunate loss to Kosovo on Thursday. Ireland will take on Switzerland this Sunday in the National Basketball Arena. That one will be shown out in TG Carr from 3. Uh, time, our enemy at this occasion once more as we join the chat on Jordan discussing his return to Irish basketball.
1: I've played senior teams since the comeback. Uh, myself and Adrian O'Sullivan two Cork we've been on the team since they came back about 10 years ago. And uh, I've seen a lot of trends in the team. I've seen a lot of people come in and out, you know. So I'd be quite experienced. But yeah, this is my first captaincy role. It's something that I take a lot of pride in. It's something I'm going to cherish. Um, and yeah, it's just you know I'm a very very proud Irish man, and whenever I was abroad, I would always harp on about how I love being Irish and then to come back in this window and obviously our first time in the World Cup to be named vice-captain is a huge, huge thing for me.
2: Yeah, and what's actually involved in the vice-captaincy?
1: Um, Not a whole lot, really. <laughs> um, no, but it's, you know, just talking to the lads, talking to the... trying to be that link between the coaches and the players, you know what I mean? Trying to find that common ground where we can all... Speak and speak our mind in the right spaces, and then you know, like you help the younger lads out. You go and tell them and teach them little nuances of the game that you've seen before. And like we have a big guy now, James Gormley. You know, he wouldn't been in the Irish team a lot, and he got thrown into the deep end yesterday, or Thursday starting against Kosovo in a World Cup qualifier. So there's just little nuances that you teach the lads, and you just kind of pull from all your experiences and try and share them.
2: Yeah, and Switzerland on Sunday. I mean, a game that's been broadcast on TG Car. In a sold-out national basketball arena, you must be buzzing for this one.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. I said it to the lads that hadn't been there before. Playing in the arena is one thing, but playing in the arena for your national team is another thing. It's just, there's a different. Once you put that jersey on, you know, and again, cliche, but once you put that green jersey on, you know there's a couple of thousand people in the arena and then there's all those people watching at home. It's just such a feeling of elation. And obviously, you just go out and you do your best and you want to do do your country proud every single time yeah how do you think
2: basketball can grow here within Ireland
1: um, I think the biggest thing for us right now is funding um, I think our social media awareness is there I think the clubs themselves are doing a great job of expanding and sharing and a lot of clubs help each other as well and that, the basketball community is very close-knit but I think the biggest lack that we have is funding you know what I mean we just don't have the money to be operating at the level of the talent that we have like we have a whole lot of talent and we have a whole lot of areas where you know what I mean there's some studs of basketball players in Galway Belfast uh, like all over the country Um, but until we get the the level of funding that we need to match the resources to our talent I, I think we'll always be fighting an uphill battle but the awareness of things is getting higher and, and, and people are taking notice and I, I think we we'll get there at some point it's just uh, uh, it's, it's a battle
2: Yeah and uh, the Super League that's kind of coming to a close in the next uh, month or so, how are we fixed uh, for your running?
1: Um, So, uh, right now we're in the playoffs um, we could end up anywhere, obviously we're going to fight to be in the playoffs, we have a tough four game stretch so we're away to Aina. We're away to Demons We're away to Sligo And then we're home to Bannacolic So a tough couple of games to close the season But Great time to Get in good form And, and good um, Consistency going into the playoffs So hopefully Our goal My goal anyway Is definitely to try and go 7-0 That's um, That's, that's how, how I hope we finish And uh, hopefully lift the trophy at the end of it So we'll see
2: Perfect stuff I'll certainly be trying to get tickets for that uh, Demons game anyway It should be electric Shoot me a text <laughs> I will Jordan thanks so much for joining us here
1: no worries my man thank you thanks appreciate it
2: have a good one best of luck to Jordan again tomorrow Joe McCarthy caught up with Cork Senior Camogie boss Joe Manley after his sides win over Watford earlier today it finished Cork 1-6 six, Watford 6 points
5: now Cork Senior Camogie manager Ger Manley joins me on the line following Cork's latest victory in the very Camogie Division One National League, one six to six points um, over Waterford. Half-time score one five to five points. Jere, uh, I know you're, uh-huh. you're you're big on defence and it's it's important, but uh, explain that one to me.
3: Ah, oh, cheers! I don't know what you uh, like. We played very well in the first step into the win and we should probably should be up you know, four or five more points. And I suppose look, give Waterford the credit like never nah, was, was like a soccer game just go or like you know, as well. Um, I think we got a point from Clay and they got a free and um, look physically we matched them uh, they, they put up a very big physical battle and I suppose um, we just didn't create any chances really in the second having took day one or two chances but uh, in general I think um, we matched them physically and for us it's great to come over here. we'll win be two way matches so two way wins on the road
5: yeah that's the thing without going into too much detail of the match itself it's two on the road as you said but how ho prevalent were the conditions, stage or, or were they were they the cause of a lot of the misses or, or uh, just it's, one of those oh, games
3: there was a strong wind in the first half third of the wind they only the second half there was no wind in the second half but um, we played very well into the wind probably should have had another four or five more scores on the board Ball a shot, shot a few um, bad wides. but uh, the pitch is very poor and um, the pitch the second half we're playing I think to Orbison a bit of a yeah. yeah
5: Okay so that didn't really add to, uh, a load No it did
3: no, it didn't help either side. Like the ball was sticking, there was a lot of rooks, um, There was no pattern to the play. You know, I suppose at times in the first half, we ran well into the wind. Second half, to look I suppose, it I you think you the wind. And it's taken a bit easier. But No, it was a proper great battle. No, it was very easy between the second half. As you said one point each <laughs> isn't great. But, I mean, we'll take the win any day.
5: You certainly will. And, look, you're just only straight into the job as well. I mean, you would have taken uh-huh. two wins on the road, as you said, before a ball was thrown in. But what were you most impressed with from your team today?
3: Or our defence, um, I suppose, they got one point from play, I think, over the hour. Which for us, um, is phenomenal defending. Um, we were very strong in, and we had a strong team out. And um, um, But um, played very well defensively all over the pitch. We worked hard, the forward line, midfield, all the way back. And that makes it harder for that position. And I suppose, to only concede six points, you will win most matches.
5: And let's not forget, this is the team that Cork beat in last year's all year Ireland final as well. This is a award for team on the up and certainly across the field from you, a guy that you know well.
3: Oh yeah, Jory, Jory and myself, we were having we a chat there after. There was very little between us. I suppose we go back through the years. Um, I didn't want well, no, three years. We played them down in March Park. a tough game in championship. We played them the quarter dollar. And there was nothing in the obedience with 15 minutes to go. And uh, they beat us in the most championship last year, so we know like there's nothing much in it. I think uh, we were even going back to last year; we were peaking at the time. We had great form, and that's what we're hoping to do this year. Uh, are we up to? i like, say we're going fifty percent at the moment, and that's beyond you.
5: Yeah, it is. You you mentioned that was not so long ago here on the big red bench as well. That you're just you're late back to training this year. Was that a concern for you? know but Eve, I know you have got two I'm wins like in the board, but was it a concern going into those games?
3: Oh, definitely. You're hoping. That's why we use the panel. Like, I mean, I think we're better than four subs again today. We're better than, I think, five the previous day. And, and that's what you depend the panel for. But you, know, you have to build up game fitness as well. We played probably four challenge games before us and they stood to us. And today in the end, you could see, I suppose, the kicking game really stood to us today in the second half. Do you know, yeah. when it got tight, we were in strong players set up. Um, Thompson, Looney, Pilar Hayes, I thought it was outstanding. Defensively, we were, we were so good
5: excellent stuff well it doesn't get any easier because you're over two away games but now you've got Tipperary coming to Cork next time what are you looking to build on from this game I know you've got the wins on the board but what do you need to focus in on ahead of facing Tip
3: I think our scoring might really look at today it they we're shooting from all I'd I'm not going to win too many matches scoring 1-6 I know <laughs> conceding 6 points but you won't win too many matches this is one of the few games I think <laughs> that I've ever been involved in scoring 1-6 that we won, that I won a match so look I suppose we'd have to improve on that um, I suppose fitness levels will come up we, we'll have two weeks of training we should make a big difference um, we trained hard probably wins an eight, could probably get a little bit heavy there training for the, the second half but I mean that's, that's what we set out to do we're aiming to peak I suppose peak for the league if we get there and begin again then For the 25th May And the fourth round She begins right research
5: Excellent stuff Just finally Ger um, Orda uh, Good to see her back in action And she's delivering a goal And an important goal at that
3: Yeah she had a great goal Or as a fabulous player I suppose Look she was carrying the Not there today But then we took her off Just to mind her But um, she's a huge player First this year And I suppose she got Very bad injury last year in her league, And it took her a bit of time To come back And she was probably a regular first in the league Last year She was playing every game Then she got injured And she found it Had to get back in And Look, she saw ten of this and stuck on just a lady that she's only
5: playing holding really, you know. She's a great player. Excellent stuff. Cork won 6-1 for 6 points in the very Division 1A Camogie League, National League, a second win in a row for Cork. Senior manager, germandy thanks very much for joining us here on the Big Red Bench.
3: All good, job. Thanks.
2: And that concludes another hour of the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Good Times Red FM. Dan Casey signing off until tomorrow. Roy will be back with all of the reviews from Cork GAA's outings. A huge day for both the hurlers and footballers in store. Stevie G is on the way next with the block party. Talk soon.
5: Miss the show?
0: Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Red
1: FM, the Neil Prenderville show on
0: Red FM. But if there's a recruitment embargo across the HSC, there's no one replacing people leaving the job or people getting sick. Correct. So, housekeeping are getting
3: nailed from the minutes they walk in the door in the morning. You're up against the brick wall. Do you know what the word means? And I'd be very blunt to you. Is you're a dog's body. That's it. The Neil
1: Prenderville Show.
4: With Mercedes Benz Cork. Discover the luxurious all electric EQE at Mercedes Benz Cork today. Back Monday
6: from 9 a.m.
4: on Red FM.
0: Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at (laughs) redfm.ie.